He was great. Yeah, I mean, you, you get what you get. So uh, it is the 23rd of January. Mm-hmm. Um, the government has reopened, apparently. You know, I, I, I tweeted something today that, that and I, not to go on a political rant, but the Dems were pretty spineless. <laughs> they didn't even they didn't even make it a day. They yeah. didn't dig in. They, they 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 DACA should not have been a, a bargaining chip, man. It, it 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 shouldn't have been. And then there are more tax cuts in in the stuff that they that they agreed on. Yeah. Well, you know, so you have, it's it's you ugh. have you have the you have the people in the middle who are Democrats in red states and whatever it is who don't want this to hang around their neck and blah blah blah. Like it, it politics, just, man. I tweeted this morning. It's like the, the Dems are Charlie Brown and McConnell is Lucy holding the football. Yeah, sure. And the Dems are going to take this this feeble run at it, and Lucy's going to yank the football away. And you know w- what happened? It, it, anyway, whatever. So for those of you who say I don't ever criticize anybody but the Republicans, man, there you go, criticizing <laughs> the Dems for being spineless. There you go, blankety blanks. <laughs> okay there you and, go and, and and your entire town actually got to go to work today so like they didn't yeah yesterday. yeah well yeah you know here's the thing here's the thing it was goofy and and it what is it it buys them another couple weeks and then they gotta come back and do this again, again. Yep. come on this is come on politics ain't no fun anyway it's uh as you obviously have surmised it is on taking pictures uh episode 300 the big three zero zero come on it's not big you know that's true it's not a big show it's just another show just another uh, show. just, another just a round number that's another story um could have been something interesting but it'll still be interesting just less interesting um, so we were talking last week, Bill Wadman, New York, Jeffrey Sidor, Silver Spring. We were talking last week about print quality. Yeah. Did we talk about that you online would, or offline? Who can remember? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I, I was saying that, you know, I, I sold some dreamscape prints and my printer, actually I have more to add to this now in the last week. More has happened. <laughs> more to the story. Um, I, I, I usually do prints that are 13 by 19 and smaller at home on my Epson, right? Uh, I, I am very happy with the quality out of my Epson when it's working correctly. Uh, and uh, you have a lot more control, right, over things like print sharpening and that kind of stuff. But uh, my printer had been acting up lately, so I had a bunch of these prints done at Adorama as C prints. And I gave them the full res files, these giant files, right? And big prints that I had made like 16 by 24, like that kind of size, those looked fantastic, but the same files printed smaller on say 11 by 14 paper did not look as good. Like we're soft. Um, and I was lamenting to, to you, I think it was after the show, how, how insane that is. You think that their rip would be really intelligent about adding sharpening when reducing the size of a file and, you know, like all these things that we sort of take for granted nowadays. Um, and, and, but apparently they don't, or they don't anymore. Or they didn't in this case or whatever. So I was thinking that the, the move would be to 
use uh, Lightroom to basically set up a print job with the image placed exactly where I want on the page and everything, export that as a JPEG, and then have Adorama or whoever else print it full page, including the sharpening that Lightroom did on export. You know what I mean? Um, you ever use right. that that print to export to JPEG feature thing in Lightroom? I don't use Lightroom anymore. Oh, okay. so no. Uh, it, it is, it is handy for that specific thing. And I still, even though I'm not using Lightroom as my main, uh, thing anymore, I am using it, uh, um, uh, for, for, for printing and that kind of stuff. Um, the problem is, is that these, these, these inkjet printers, and I've had a Epson R3000 for, I don't know how long, when did I get this? Probably during the run of the show, four years ago, something like that, five years ago. Um, it was, was great for a number of years. And then, you know, if you wait just a little too long to print something, you know, you don't use it for a few weeks and something gets clogged as these things are wont to do forever in the history of the stuff, you know, uh, you really get into this crazy cycle where you're wasting tons of ink, trying to unclog a thing. And you're going in there with the, with PZO flow fluid, trying to clean the heads and empty out the, 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 the ink waste bins and you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff inside. Sure. Um, when you got that 7,800 or whatever it was from, uh, the 76 from 7,600. Yeah. Yeah. From Mike, did you have to do a lot of cleaning to get it back up and going or just buy new ink? No, no, I did. Uh, I did one regular clean. I did one power clean. Um, those were internal functions in the printer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay. and the, the bigger printers, I don't know if they still do, but the 76, the 78, 7880, they ha- their power clean uses increasingly greater pressure if you say, no, this didn't fix the problem. Yeah, it didn't work. It just keeps, it ramps it up. Yeah. yeah. So it'll, it'll start with a low level pressure to, to see if that works. And, and it'll ask you, you know, it'll print a test pattern and right. it'll ask you, did, did this work? And right. if you say no, then now we go to level two. I think I had to do one regular clean and then level one and level two of a power clean. And that was it. Okay. And then I, I did not have a problem with it for the like the time you had it. I had it. Okay. Yeah. So I have had a black problem with this uh, uh, printer for the last, I don't know, six months or so where in the middle of a print, it just stopped printing black. So it would print all the other colors just fine. And all it's almost looked like the print became solarized, you know, because there was no blacks, you know? Um, and so, uh, Randy Duchesne, friend of the show came over because he had the same printer, same problem. And he helped me clean it. And, you know, you can use, uh, basically like Windex because it has uh, ammonia in it, which I guess breaks down the inks or whatever. So you pull the cartridges out and you clean this, that, and the other thing with ammonia, you like inject it in different places and we got it going again. And I thought, okay, perfect, done. And then about a month later, it started doing the same thing again. And so I was going to deal with it the other day and I, and I tried cleaning, didn't work. Tried doing a number of self-clean things, didn't work. Um, and then as I ended up getting this PZO flow fluid, this like pink fluid stuff you can do to clean this stuff, did the whole thing again the other day and then was going to run a, a, a cycle and it was like, oh, your vivid light magenta is out. And I'm like, Ugh, you know, and Amazon, the the cheapest price I could find it for was like $44 on Amazon. For some reason, this cartridge is in low supply or something on Amazon. So 
I was like, man, I don't want to spend $50 on a printer that might be dead. Maybe the print head's dead. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's something more than just some cleaning or something like that. I don't want to spend another $300 on, on inks just to find out that I wasted $300 and could have put that $300 towards a new printer or whatever. Um, so I, I, I made a big call the other day, Jeffrey, and I ordered some aftermarket inks uh, from a company called Precision Colors. And the reason why I chose this company is because a uh, friend of the show, Red River Paper, uh, actually recommended them as a third-party ink supplier. Mm. And they have a full set of uh, uh, profiles for their inks. Although Precision Color and apparently uh, uh, Red River say their inks are close enough that you can just use them as drop-in replacements. Right. Um, so it That's was a, what I did with uh, the, the Lyson inks. Right. A, a, a company out of the UK. Mm-hmm. They're they're and you were happy with those. Yeah, they're yeah. they're chromatically the same as as the right. Epson K threes and and I never had to do any sort of purge. I just took out the empty cartridge, put in the full one, and away I went. And there right. was right. you know to my eye anyway, there was no noticeable uh, difference. There was no banding. There the, there was no weird mixing of the of the the inks where where you know one was one type, one was another. It, yeah. it looked beautiful. It looked right, fine. right. So, so I put in uh, just the Vivid Light Magenta. So I got the set, which is cartridges that have the chips that auto-reset so you can refill them, right? Um, the full set of cartridges that were already filled, pre-filled, plus little you know bottles of ink for each one of them, which basically is the equivalent of three sets of ink. It was like 155 bucks or something like that, $159 total. Um, so I got that yesterday. I put in the Vivid Light Magenta, ran a few cleanings, still no black. And then somebody on a forum said, look, just print basically a test pattern of nothing but black, like print a whole page of black. It's going to suck. It's going to use a lot of black ink, but at least then you're not wasting all the other inks cleaning them when you don't need to, you know? Right. Uh, and I did that and I, I think I got it working. I did a couple little test prints last night and there was still a tiny bit of banding, but less with each print that I did. So I think I'm kind of like getting in that direction. Um, hmm. the, the, the reason I bring this all up is to say, Inkjet printing can be a real pain in the neck sometimes, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's yeah, it's, it can, um, it can be great. And then it can also be incredibly frustrating and it's usually a binary thing. You know? Yeah. But I mean, what's, you know, what's, what's the alternative to send it out? I mean, if you're, right. if you're the person that likes to have or needs to have control over every step of the process, then right. it's, it's the only option. You know, I mean, it, it, same thing kind of in a similar vein happened with the book, you know, going back and forth with yep. what I saw on my screen versus what they printed. We finally had to go, look, <laughs> may I just send you a color palette? Right. And and I adjusted my color to what they print. Right. So it, it, we, we couldn't, you know, after several proofs we couldn't get parity between between me and them so i just altered what i see to them yeah you you went to them as opposed to them coming to you yeah and the then, it, went and to then it was beautiful it was yeah. i mean it was, and and to be clear we're not talking you know a huge amount of shift not many people but was, would notice except for you right yeah uh probably well, if, if we not. hadn't seen the original we wouldn't have known right it's not like no. we, we have no. some no 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 no, yeah, no. reference yeah but, you know, it needed to feel a certain way. It needed to, you know, I, I've, I've spent all that time working on it. And, and you've done this with projects. You spend sure. all that time working on it. It's that last 10%, 5%, 1% that yeah. makes the difference between somebody going, yeah, I get it. 
I get where this inspira- this the inspiration for this came from. Or oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. and and I didn't I didn't want to, you know, sometimes you just <laughs> okay isn't good enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So. And it's so so I think that I'm going to I'm going to see if I can get it you know, double check everything today and start making some prints uh, again here to really get the thing going. Um, and hopefully I've got this, this, this issue licked, which is just, you know, it's just, it's frustrating when you're burning both paper and ink and you're not getting what you want and you're like, Ugh, you know, another right. round of cleaning another round of whatever. Um, right. But, uh, but when it does work, the prints look amazing. So it's sort of like, ugh, it's so frustrating. Uh, anyway, so just putting that out there. It is, I still think it's weird though, that, that, Edoram in particular, apparently now I I don't remember this being a problem in the past because I have books made by them f- as portfolios, and the same files in the book looked great, and the book isn't much bigger than an eleven by fourteen print, you know. So I don't know if it's something they're doing on that rip, or they change the setting, or they don't even know that it's a problem. So I got you know. Um, the only other thing I want to say on this topic is that I used to use a piece of software on, um on windows called Q image, uh, which was software for printing. It was like for laying out, uh, uh, photos on a page and it, it would do really, it would be really smart about how it sharpened and used interpolation and stuff to size the file exactly right for what you're trying to print and placing it on the page and doing, uh, um, um, uh, what's it called and everything, uh, uh, profiles and that kind of stuff. And I used to use it for Windows, and then when I switched to Mac, I didn't use it anymore. But they just—I just got an email from the guy saying that they came out with a. Uh, this is an advertisement, but they came out with a cross-platform version called QImage One. So I'm going to put a link in show notes if anybody is like into printing and wants to try something different. Uh, you know, this is an ind- somewhat independent uh, software developer. So uh, I always liked uh, the product; it was always very, very good. So putting that out there. Um, where do you want to go? What do you got? Uh, if you are not following Joshua K. Jackson, you're doing it wrong. If you, if you're into street, if you're into color, if you're into, to Fred Herzog, Saul Leiter, uh, Ernst Haas, uh, you know, these kinds of photographers go follow Joshua Jackson, go look at his site. It's joshkjack.com. He's very much in that world, huh? fantastic work uh i've been following him just for a little while and man everything he's been putting up lately has just been phenomenal his color work is great the composition is terrific i i can't say enough good things about him he's doing prints i really hope he does a book josh if you actually do listen to this show and i don't think you do but if you do uh man if you do a book i'm in uh i i really dig his work and i just wanted to to make sure some of you are aware of his work because it's it's super good. He definitely uh, likes Saul Leiter and Herzog. Uh, through his He's own, definitely in that his vein, own, his own thing, you know. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. There's there's some of um, uh, uh, oh, what's the name of the book? Uh, the Night Bus. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The Night Bus, which is uh, Nick Turpin on Hoxton Mini Press. If you have not seen that book phenomenally cool book um really really good uh you can follow nick turpin i think it's just the nick turpin is his is his handle but he's really good too um i don't know what's in the water over there in the uk man but you guys are 
You guys are killing it with the street photography. You know what anyway. this uh, Joshua Jackson guy, Josh Jackson, Josh, it's Joshua, right? Yeah, Joshua K. Yeah, Jackson. But he wasn't uh, on Fringe or- uh, Right, which or, you got to add the K. Um, yeah. One thing he does well is I find that when when a lot of people shoot in cities, nowadays cities are so- from storefront to storefront, the style and the look and everything is so different that it ends up sort of blending into this. Ugh! It's all this modern crap. He does a good job of using a short enough or a long enough lens, or 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 shooting tight enough so that it's sort of a single idea in an image versus a whole lot of city that that feels like it's muddy. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> he does I an excellent job. Of that. Some, in fact, I'm 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 really thinking about under work that first picture of uh the 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 plastic curtains yeah. with the, with the guy standing and then you see the silhouette. Yep. I'm I'm really thinking about buying that print for us for oh, interesting. Uh, Fieldo and I. I love that shot. I love the composition, I love the graphic nature of it. I love the diagonals cutting across the verticals and then you get that little splash of of the green and the orange complementing each other. Yeah. Oh, just wrecks me. See, it's I like I, I re- something about the newspaper shot I really like. Yeah. Oh, the so, stacks. Yeah. yeah, the stacks of yeah. newspaper. Those are really yeah. good. Anyway, so uh, Joshua K. Jackson, really good stuff. Not photographer of the week, just really dig his stuff and and wanted to pass it on. It's good. Where'd you find him? Yeah. Uh, I followed him. I've, I've followed him for a little while and I don't remember who turned me on to him. It, it may have been, somebody may have retweeted one of his pieces and I went and looked and went, oh, shit, this is really, really good and started following him. Um that happens more often than not. Somebody else will, will either like or retweet something. And it's somebody that I do follow and they go, Oh, this person's doing really interesting work. And you know, it, it may have even been on Instagram. Somebody may have even sent me, I, I don't remember. I don't right, remember. Right. Right. But, uh, really great work. Very cool. Yeah. Um, uh, put a link in the show notes, which kind of leads into this next thing. Okay. Um, Gail Bilcher is the design director of the New York Times Magazine. Okay. And there's a, there's a terrific article on The Great Discontent, which another terrific website up there with, you know, like Lens Culture and BJP and, and, and PDN for me, really fantastic stuff. Um, they posted a, 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 an interview with uh, Ms. Bilcher, Bickler, Bickler, maybe it's Gail Bickler. Bickler? Maybe that's what it is. I, I mispronounced it. Gail Bickler. Anyway, um, design director, New York Times. Uh, and, and the one thing that I, that I think could be a theme for this show, this episode of the show, or yep. maybe, even, <laughs> maybe even many episodes, uh, if you're making something that's consistently pretty good, yep. but you don't have anything great, that means you're not pushing yourself or taking enough risks. You're just making sure nothing fails. Okay. I love that. I love it. I want to put it on a t-shirt. I want to put it on my office door so that I see it every day and, and remind myself to push and, and to, to try make the bar great, not good or good enough. Right. Okay. So, um, interesting, uh, little history of her and, and, you know, she studied art and, and made a change to go into, into graphic design. Um, and there are a couple little nuggets in here that I really liked. The other one is, is you have to make a certain amount of art in order to get something good. A lot of really bad stuff to eventually get to the good stuff. Yep. That's been my experience. 
So when I was going into the print lab, I was finding that I didn't have enough time to get past all of the mistakes or experiments to a place where I really felt good about what I was making. It was frustrating because I was stretching myself too thin. And I thought that was a a terrific insight into, into something that she obviously loved but didn't have the time and maybe even the ability to get past a certain point. So then how so, do you do it? Well, she, she ended up making a, a, a switch and going into graphic design, not because oh, it was oh, a fallback, yeah. but because she was equally passionate about it. Uh, but it, it, it fit better. It seemingly fit better with not only her skill set, but the amount of time that that she was able to put in it. And it also struck this sort of collaborative, you know, scratched this this collaborative itch that she had and got to work with with a team of people rather than uh kind of a, a solo operation. Right. Right. Um and it's just it's a it's a terrific article and there's some there's some really nice examples of of her work in there and a couple of them if you if you scroll down in there you can see that there are a couple issues uh covers where the logo is obscured to a lesser or greater degree sure yeah yeah. and she said one of the one of the reasons that they're able to do that and i thought this was just kind of a it's kind of a duh moment but you go okay well yeah that makes sense is this magazine comes in the paper right 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 right, so you're it's not on the newsstand (laughs) right so there is no danger of you getting this thing and going, what, what is, is this? this I, right, I have right. no idea what yeah. this is. It just says the, you know, <laughs> on the cover. And so they're allowed to take some different risks and and go in some different directions visually um, than they would be had this been a standalone magazine that has to be on the newsstand and 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 show, you know, the entire the entirety of the of the logo or the typography yeah. or whatever. I remember um, it, it, it was sort of in the mid to late 80s that they started doing that on a lot of mainstream magazines, right? Started obscuring the logo, putting the putting cutting the image out and masking it over the logo and stuff like that uh, in a way that they didn't before that. You know, it was usually like a very sacred thing to have the logo clear. Um, and I, I like especially the one of the and I can't quite tell what it is the one next to the, tr- the mid right one where it's I guess it's an egg or something what is it yeah it's a it's a yeah. it's a story that, in fact in the in the the link in the show notes below this one there's a talk that that she or no is that a, is that the one anyway yeah, there's, there's a, talk a podcast that she gave. or something yeah uh, uh, talk she gave, no yeah. it's not that one that's the Debbie Millman one there's a video on on YouTube where she talks about that where it's a, it was an issue on kids and cooking oh okay so they had this illustrator do this this really playful illustration where you've got this small child with a frying pan and then the egg, the over easy egg is just this giant graphic element as if we are, you know, several feet above this right, child and the, and the egg is hurtling toward us. Yeah. 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 yeah and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful piece of work. I mean, it's a, it's graphic, it's strong, it's vibrant and it lets you know what's going on in the interior. And I think that's, you know, at least one of the goals of good design. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, talking about the, the obscuring the covers and all that. Here's another person to follow. Uh, and it, this guy, he is working on, I asked him about, it, he's working on a book. His name is Chris Ashworth. Um, and if you, if you look on Instagram, his handle on, on Instagram is Ashworth Chris backwards. Okay. Okay. Um, but he was one of the guys at Ray gun 
which was a phenomenally designed magazine uh, that David Carson was uh, uh, di- design director, or creative, creative director, or design director. I don't remember what his actual title was, but for many years, the that guy was, in charge. <laughs> yeah, he was he was the guy, and and Ashworth has has been posting, going back through his archives and posting some of the the uh, the the spreads from old issues of the magazine, some of the covers, some of the mock-ups for the covers, so you get to see a little bit of behind the scenes. And uh, he was he worked on another magazine called Blah Blah Blah, um, and and regularly they would play with the idea of of type and communication. And and there's a there's a quote that Carson has. It's uh, uh, something I, I'm going to butcher it, but I think it's legibility does not equal communication or something. Yeah, 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 it, yeah, it's yeah, something yeah. to that yep, effect. Yep. And and you know he's famous for playing with with kerning and and sizing and hand lettering and and all this kind of stuff so if you if you follow chris ashworth he's another one that that is really a terrific example of that that era of of design and how how that era of design really pushed and informed that sort of post postmodernism that that came after it right right that uh that quote is a favorite of craig ward so i, I yeah, know it well okay. um yeah. it, it's funny when i look at this era of design it feels very 90s to me you know what i mean uh because yeah, sure. that's like where it sat and really where it became mainstream and spread to everybody else you know like every single there was a there radiohead famously used to redesign their website every you know six weeks or something you know they used to do all these like crazy things with their website and one of their websites was this sort of text on text on text sort of thing that that david carson does but with with a whole bunch of HTML, but this was back in 98, you know, back right. when that was really difficult to do. And I remember I was like, Ooh, somebody doing that. I'll put a link to uh Chris Ash, Chris Ashworth's thing here. Yeah. Uh, really good. stuff. Look at the there. I just sent you a text. Look at this, this layout where they're really screwing with the title of the magazine. They've got a G up top left and then bottom or t- top right, bottom left. It's it reads un and then ray with a barcode you know, yeah. obscuring yeah, 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 that yeah, 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 and it's yeah, yeah. they really played with with identity and and how to communicate with typography and letters and right. form and color and and uh, again they they were pushing they were pushing and this idea of if if what you're doing is good or pretty good right. And you're, you're, I, I love this idea that you're not in the right direction, that you, there needs to be, I mean, there are quote after, there's quote after quote of, of, you know, if it doesn't, if it's not a little bit painful that, you know, or it's not a little bit uncomfortable, then you're not stretching, you know, sure. creatively enough. Sure. You know, if you're, yeah, yeah, if you're, yeah. if you're, yeah. if, you're off, if you're, if you're too balanced, then you need to be off balance kind of thing. Right, right, right. And right. I think moving, moving forward for myself in, in this new year especially now that that the book is done this has become sort of my mantra i just need to be able to 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 shrink the timeline you know i think you have to make enough stuff so that you can have a standard of where your stuff is right and then you have to figure out whose standard are you comparing it against right you know so but but maybe moving forward i try to be you know every other pixel accurate instead of pixel accurate or, you know, accurate to every third pixel or something. You know, it, I, I think I have to l- still shoot for, for great, but keep in mind that 
if you never make a decision or if you keep waffling or if you keep going back and forth on something, it's never going to be done. Right. And it's never going to get out the door. Well, there's also the 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 question of where does greatness come from? Does greatness come from the big idea, the large movements on the original piece of paper? Or does it come from the very particular things you do at the end to say that something is done? You know what I mean? Like, is, 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 I think is, it's a sliding is, scale. Is sort of a polishing a turd thing or is it sort of even if it's really uh, uh, rushed, but it's this grand idea, you know, it, you're saying it could be great at both ends or it needs to be great at both ends. I think it can be. I don't like the idea of of polishing a turd. I don't like the idea of of taking a core that's sort of okay and slapping a bunch of shit on top of it and hoping that it's great. I don't think you can do that. Right, if, right, right. Or right. if you can, I, I, I don't know how to do it. Right. I guess my know? point is that it, it, it feels like, and to, to your point of, getting enough stuff out that you can know whether it's good enough. I feel like the knowing whether it's good enough, uh, good enough or not is a quicker thing than finishing something. Maybe, so, you know, but, that, that like, it's like, okay. Oh, I have an idea. I've started playing around with it. Oh yeah, this is going to work. Even though I know that I have another four days of, of work to get this done. You know, Maybe. I think in some ways you can know whether something's headed towards good or great or headed toward, nah, it's not going to work. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I think there are sliding scales. You know, from from last week, there uh, we talked about a game called Horizon Zero Dawn. Right. And in in the documentary about it, they talk about you know they've been working on this game for seven years, and it really didn't come together as a cohesive end product until the last three months. Right. So you've got this seven year timeline, and the and the you know one of the producers said, you know, had we shipped this thing. 90 days before we did, it would have been completely different. It looked different. It was broken. There were things that just, sure. they didn't gel. It really, it, and, and people ask, you know, how could it come together so well in the last 90 days? But that's exactly what happened. Right. Well, and, and you're also that, talking that, about a team of 150 people or whatever. Sure. But I think, right I think I could make that same argument with, with, with the book. I sure. think you could make a similar argument with, with Picture, the dream yeah. series, right. you know, that, that, you know, you, you did all the heavy lifting. Right, 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 right. Months ago, yeah. maybe even years ago. Yeah. But it was, it was that last push to get it to where you want it. And, you know, y- y- you are, you are want to say, you know, some people may like it. Some people may not like it. Right. But it, it it took it took that last little push to get it where you wanted it. Right. Yeah. Sure. And ultimately, yeah. you know, that is what I need to focus. Speaking for myself, that's what I need to focus on. Right. Is I need to focus on the projects that give me joy and are meaningful. From a design perspective, from a from a skill perspective, from an emotional perspective, from an existential perspective, I need to focus on that more rather than worrying about what it's going to look like to someone else. Well, so in this sense, you are the arbiter of whether or not it's good or great. Yeah, because only I have just just like anybody who's out there listening and 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 has has photographed anything you're the only one that was there you're the right. only one that knows what it should look like and to your point earlier about the colors you know you're saying oh if you hadn't seen the other thing we wouldn't know what it, that's exactly it yeah you know I, i'm the only one who knows 
what it looks like in my head. Right. You're, you're the only one that knows what that moon image looks like in right. your head. You're all, you're, you're, yours is the only definition of right because you're the only person who knows. Yes. Right. And I think that, that part of – and this is, this is all you know, part of, part of a, a strategy of sorts moving forward and how social media fits in and how an audience fits in. Um, you know, how does an I audience to, fit in? <laughs> well, I talked to Freddie earlier and he pointed out something that was, it was pretty profound, Freddie. And I don't know if you meant it to be. And if, if you did, great. And if you didn't, great. You know, great either way. But, you know, he said, look, when you guys started doing this show, you weren't looking for, the, for an audience. The right. audience found the show. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think that 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 sort of mantra needs to be more central to how I move forward and not worry about what the audience current, future, past or otherwise thinks of it or is going to think or did think. And be true to what I'm trying to do. And the people that get it, the people that get where I'm coming from and where I'm trying to go, they're going to come along for the ride. Right. Just like I'm going to come along on your, on, on your ride if, if I like whatever it is that you're producing, what, right. whatever it is that you're saying, whatever it is that you're recommending. Yeah. You know? And, it's, and it's, <clears throat> it's becoming even more important for my <clears throat> mental my health. direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my direction to be focused outward. I really want my future to be celebrating the work that inspires me and, and letting that work filter into my own projects. Right. But it has, that other stuff has to be there first. Yeah. I think, I think creating for your audience can work in the short term, but it doesn't work in the long term. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, and trying to, you know, balance all of that while perhaps making a living at what you're doing is always the trick, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it it is a trick, especially when the the market, the creative market as a whole, is changing so much. Right, right. Yeah. You know, the 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 people that were that were maybe you know m- making a, a an X number of of dollars CPM five years ago are probably making a third or a quarter or even less of that now because the market has changed. There's saturation there. There are different models that people are exploring. They're realizing, oh shit, you know what? People aren't buying Casper mattresses just because you talk about them. Right, 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 right. You know I mean? Maybe they are, but, but just using that as an example that- <laughs> I was thinking that, of buying one next week, so. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, it, I just think that they're-, that they're there needs to be a, a a a different there needs to be a redefining of where i'm going moving forward because i feel like like you, w- what i'm producing is good and not great including the book uh no with the exception of the book i think the, i really you know and and again this is hard for me because i don't i don't like to go oh yes i'm so wonderful but i really do think we knocked it out of the park with the book okay i think it's something that that from from a content perspective, from a design perspective, from a from a usefulness for a variety of different photographers' perspective, and a, and a 1.0 release to boot, and a two person team with you know me and Fielding, right? I think we killed it. 
Okay. And and I am I am enormously proud of it. And I think that's what's fueling, you know, at least partially what what's the next chapter? What's right. next? Coming off the back of that, like if I can if I can do that, you know, if 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 a if we can produce something of, of that caliber of that quality, let's shorten the timeline because I don't want to spend three years on every project. Right, but but did, but, but did it have that quality because of the amount of time you spent on it? I'd certainly contributed to it, right. but I also didn't, I mean, admittedly, I did not work on it every day, all day, right. nor do I think I could have. Right. You know, I think it took the amount of time that it needed to take, but I, I have also done my own internal postmortem and, and identified some areas where I would make changes varying from minor to drastic. In, in how I do things. Wait, and, from here going forward or during yeah, the going process forward. of that? Yeah, going okay. forward. Yeah, just what I learned from doing this project about, about myself and, and my strengths, my weaknesses, my capabilities, right. where I should let go and, and relax the reins a little bit and maybe bring in other people. I think that's why collaboration moving forward is such, a, is such an important part of of where I want to go because you bring in someone else's story. You bring in someone else's history. You bring in someone else's experience. And that makes my history, my story, my experience all that much richer. It can. Yes. Uh, You know, collaboration also brings in that person's biases and weaknesses and whatever. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's the whole soup of it. It's not all, all good, you know? Um, It can be. I mean, it's, you know, it, it really, you've got to find that, that person or those people that you gel with. Right. Well, that's the or thing. That, right, or, yeah. or that challenge you in a way that you need to be challenged with. Sure. Need to be challenged, not with. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that, that, that the articles, the essays, the videos, the, the media that's been put in front of me in the last several months is, is distilling into something exciting professionally and personally, frankly, because there are some terrific friendships that are, that are emerging and forming and, and collaborations that will emerge. Um, but I think you have to look at it. I think you have to, you have to get to that point of this, this isn't working the way I thought it could, should, or needs to. Yeah. But is, is this, okay. Is this, this good to great theory that, that, that you're talking about here, right? What do you mean? Uh, good to great. Well, you know, the, the good enough to great sort of thing. Like if you're not pushing hard enough, you know, uh, uh, if, if you're not pushing, if, if you, if your stuff isn't great, you're, you're maybe not taking enough chances that all that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is, sure. is, is that, it, it seems like you're, you're discovering something that, that, that I feel like you've said before, right. You know, like, yeah, is, is and, this... and I probably I probably have. Yeah, but but you know what I didn't have before? I didn't have an example of it. I didn't have a book done that that I can point to and go, "This is how this is how it works." Right, 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 right. This this is it in practice. Right. Um. You know, I I have made a realization that my photography is not a standalone project. It's not a standalone product. Not that it's not good enough, but it's, it's 
it's a part of, of where I am moving forward. And I've had a few people that I've talked about this with, and they've, they've each independently of one another uh, said basically the same thing in that, you know, your photography is good, but the artwork is really where you're different. Right. Okay. And maybe even great, maybe even it, you know, some of those pieces get into that great territory and, and that's, that's where it's, where it's interesting. And that's where you're kind of at your best. Right. And I mean, I've, I've almost, I want to, it's, it's almost done, but the first painting of the new year, um, and it's been, it's been great and it's inspired and, and, and gotten me, you know, thinking and doing more than I've been thinking and doing in the past several months. Well, at this rate, you could do 12 of them this year. So, you know, that's exciting. Uh, yeah. I mean, at least, yeah. you know, and then there are projects off the back of that, that, that complement it. Or, you know, now, now I'm looking at, uh, um, I have this idea to do an accordion fold book with, um, on, on one side, every other panel is a painting. On the other side, every other panel is a photograph, and then there's written narrative that ties the two of them together to create one story. Okay, a narrative, so like I, a, an actual narrative, like fiction story. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. And it, it's it's loose, you know. It's not. I'm not talking about like dialogue and and you know. Right. But but a a, a loose narrative and a, and a different way of telling a story, and maybe it's going to work. Maybe it's not going to work. Right. But for for the foreseeable future, there there are experiments that I'm willing to take or to make right. because I feel validated and somewhat unencumbered by how the book has been received. Right. And that and I and it was it, it was only after that. And and maybe you're the same way with with either a, a three six five or right. or the dreams right. project where it's only when you have stepped away from it, finished it, stepped away from it, that you can go, Jesus, that really took a lot of my energy, time, love, attention, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. But you don't see it while you're in it. Yeah, yeah. And I and I don't particularly mind the the. the 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 work that I do on the stuff that I like doing, I, you know, I was saying to somebody the other day, I've never had to go to take pictures and thought to myself, oh, God, I don't want to go to take pictures today. Not once, you know, and, and, and it's the reason why I don't mind doing this all the time is because I would do this all the time anyway, because doing it makes me happy. Um, and ultimately, that's all you can ever ask for in life, right? Is to like find something that makes you happy. Even that, I feel like that's contrary to some of the stuff that, has there been a realization? Because I feel like that's contrary to some of the things you've said about liking the picture-taking process versus liking the connecting to a subject well, and, I, I like and, the and are able to subject. see those two things right, as very different processes. They, they, they are, I guess what I mean is that I, I, it's not that I get off on taking pictures. I get off on the connecting with somebody but i never don't want to take pictures you know what i mean like the taking Uh of the pictures is more of like a neutral thing to me um most of the time realizing something that was in my head that's exciting to me or spending time with somebody that's exciting to me um 
it, and and sitting there and taking the picture and having looking at it and going, oh yeah, that's what I had in mind, or that's not what I had in mind, or being frustrated or whatever, and then taking it at home and spending hours and hours and hours playing with some file in Photoshop. It you know, there's very few times when I see that as a burden. I, mm-hmm. I may not see it as something that I'm blown away by or or you know would would sit there and work on for six hours without going to the bathroom or something crazy like that but i certainly never see it as something that that i that i have to get through in order to get somewhere else it's sort of it's all part of the process you know and it's all part of keeping my hands in mind and 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 the whole system busy so that i don't spiral down in another direction you know right. sort of it's it's like you know staying on the row or just another five minutes um, right 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 um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's an interesting thing. I'll have to listen to these, uh, to this, uh, interview with this woman. Um, yeah, I'm sorry for butchering her name. I, I do think it's, uh, Gail Bickler. Bickler. Um, yeah. So apologies. It's a good name. Gail or, or Debbie. Um, and I, I dig Debbie Millman. I think she's really cool. I, I love her interviews. Um, I like her interviewing style. I think, I think she's super cool. Yeah. The, um, uh, uh, design specifically, well, I mean, I guess this goes, is true of a lot of these different art forms, whether it's photography or design or cinematography or whatever, by the way, did you see that, uh, the, the Blade Runner was nominated for cinematography? Absolutely. I hope, I hope Deacons gets it. In fact, uh, I've got the, the Blu-ray in my, in my Amazon cart. Waiting to be able to be purchased. Uh, yeah, there are a few other things that I need to add to that order, but, um, yeah, yeah, I really hope Deacons gets it. He's just, he's such a great guy. And I I watched another interview with him and he's, he is so unassuming and, and just sort of uh, almost unaware, almost, almost unaware of, of the influence, uh, that he has. I mean, it, it, it just, he approaches things the same way he says he approaches things the same way he did you know, decades ago and trying to get it right in camera and not, not doing, you know, a lot of crazy stuff in post and, and really trying to create an environment that, that the actors and the director can experience that they don't have to go to, you know, a monitor afterwards to, to have that sort of visceral experience. Right, 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 right. Cause you get a better actor if you're actually in the space where the thing is happening kind of thing. Right. Right. And not acting to a tennis ball on a stick or whatever that people right. complain about. Is that what that is? That's the kind of stuff people yeah. complain yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this um, tennis ball is a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Be really scared. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, okay, so I'm looking at this. Deacons. Look at, I mean, look at this list of beautiful films. Blade Runner, uh, Sicario, um, Skyfall, True Grit. Yeah. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, No Country for Old Men, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Kundun, Far... I mean, Shawshank, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Shawshank, too, is is one of those movies that is way more beautiful than most people give it credit for. Like, you know, even just on that, let alone all the other good things about that movie, uh, it deserves uh, to be noticed. You know, I'm going to slide this up just because it's in keeping with what we're just talking about. But I went and saw... I've had a lot of artistic experiences in the past week. Uh, uh, I saw this band Buffalo Tom, who I was a fan of for many years, play uh, an acoustic show here in New York. Um, I went and saw Waitress on Broadway with, uh, uh, um, what's her name? Uh, Jason Mraz. Conrad? (laughs) Well, yes, with my wife. Uh, uh, But with uh, um, Sarah Bareilles, who wrote the show, actually starring in the show. 
Uh, so went to go see Broadway show, which I rarely do. Um, and uh, went and which saw. Which is just dumb. You live in New York. Why don't you go to a show? Because they're incredibly expensive. No, they're not. You buy rush tickets. Two hundred dollars a, a a seat in the balcony. Ugh. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's Excuses. the thing. So we were talking. We need to go see more shows. But anyway, uh, long and short of it is that uh, we went and saw the Phantom Thread in seventy millimeter film projection. So this is the new. Uh, P.T. Anderson, Daniel Day-Lewis film. Um, right. Which, have you seen this movie? I've not seen it. I saw the trailer. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, 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 I'll get there maybe. Yeah. Uh, it did not. The movie does, did not go where I expected it to go. So there's there's all of that, which I won't get into. Uh, but uh, it's it's it, I wanted to see it in 70 millimeter projection. Apparently it was filmed in 35 millimeter projection or on 35 millimeter film rather, and then basically blown up to 70 millimeter for projection, which I don't know necessarily why that would add anything, but you know what I mean? Like if you're, you're basically up film and then projecting well, it on, at the same size. I, 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 wait, shooting on 35 and projecting on 70. Yeah. But ultimately the image on the screen in front of you is the same size. So what does the larger film get you? Cause there's not any more information that, from the 35 to the 70. You see what I'm saying? Well, they, they say it's because 35 millimeter film has gotten so good, good yeah, that there's w- no grain, right? He wanted at, it to be grainy and he yeah. wanted it to be grainy. So you right. blow it up to 70 millimeter. Now you're accentuating all right. that grain. Yeah. And it gives it a specific look. Right, right. So, th- th- so yeah, that's he apparently wanted to shoot it on seventy millimeter, but couldn't uh, because the spaces they were working in, he couldn't get enough lights in there. Right. Um, so he shot on on smaller format, and well, not uh, to mention it's it's hugely expensive to shoot. Right, 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 right. But I guess they because he did the master on seventy millimeter, so he's done it before. It's sort of a matter mm-hmm. of you know. Um, actually, although the master, I think anyway, the the point I wanted to bring up was that. Uh, the flicker of the film, uh, you know, which which you're going to get, especially in a in a in a film projection, was distracting to me because I haven't seen a movie projected on film in a while. Hmm. It's funny how quickly we get used to staring at something and in, in you know looking a certain way. And I was talking to a cousin of mine about this, and he's he's in love with this film and he's seen it four times once. 70 millimeter and, and three times digital projection. And he said that he found the, the 70 millimeter version sort of blown out and overexposed and that he actually preferred the digital projections of it. So hmm. there's this, int- yeah. Right. So there's this interesting, don't let Christopher Nolan hear you say that. I know. Right. Um, but, uh, so, uh, interesting. And if somebody's a fan of that period of, you know, 1950s, sixties, sort of, uh, uh, probably late fifties. I think it's supposed to be, um, London fashion worlds kind of thing. Uh, you will really like this movie because there's sections of it that are just beautiful. You know, the way they're lit and my God, that Daniel day Lewis can act. Like was he, there a cameo by Richard Avedon? N- uh, no, but sort of. Yeah. I mean, there's guys like him in it, uh, in times, but right. You know, Daniel Day Lewis, you know, somebody I heard an interview and somebody said, you know, have, watching him put socks on is is riveting. And it's like, yep, it's riveting. <laughs> they show him getting dressed and you're like, yep, that's Daniel Day Lewis putting his socks on. I'll watch that all day. Did he only put one on his left foot? But um, uh, 
Yeah. I never saw my left foot. It's on my list of things to see. I don't know how I ever missed it. Um, so anyway, go see The Phantom Thread if you're into beautiful stuff, although it's a slightly odd movie. I will say that. Um, yeah, it was very odd. Um, let's talk about our sponsor today, Squarespace, the great people at Squarespace, where uh, I host my site, and they uh, they do a great job, and it's very handy to update stuff. Super easy. Click, drag, type in, hit post, add a page, uh, all with like just a few mouse clicks, which is fantastic. You can do great things with Squarespace. You can turn your cool idea into a new website like Jeffrey's selling his book. You got a book, you could sell it on Squarespace. You can blog or publish content. You can showcase your work. You can sell products of all kinds. Uh, you can promote your physical or online business if you're a restaurant or or a, uh, a bookstore or something. You can you know put it up and have a map straight to your place all built in and, and Google Map injected. Uh, announce an upcoming event or special project you're working on. I use the Squarespace site for uh for my wedding so that uh people could uh find out all about it a couple of years ago which worked out great they got beautiful Wait, you're t- married yeah <laughs> they got beautiful <laughs> templates created by world-class designers uh powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell absolutely anything online the ability to customize well, look and feel. you know as long as it's legal right you can't sell the brooklyn bridge online well i guess you could if you own the brooklyn bridge uh, right. It is actually pretty cool for even selling, say, ebooks and stuff, because you can upload a digital file that then gets you know sent to the people, or they can click a link in an email and it'll download it. So you can do that uh, very easily. The ability to customize look and feel, settings, products, and more with just a few clicks. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box, so things look great on your phone or iPad. You know, it's responsive design, Jeffrey. <laughs> you know, I love that. Uh, a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. You, you can get the .co, .co, .uk, .what are the .camera. .beer. Is there a .beer? Yeah. Uh, Freddie's got .beer. Oh, yeah, he does. Right. Uh, analytics to help you uh, help you grow in real time so you can like see where people are coming from, push your, push your uh, attention those directions. Built-in search engine optimization so you'll be able to be found online all the time. Free secure hosting and nothing to patch or upgrade ever. Uh, and they've got 24-7 award-winning customer support. Uh, the people at Squarespace are great to us and they'll be great to you. Uh, we encourage you guys to make it. Make it yourself. Create, easily create a website all by yourself with Squarespace. Uh, think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. So go ahead, check out squarespace.com for your free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code OTP and you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain from Squarespace. We thank them very much for their support of On Taking Pictures and, uh, and the whole network. Um, where do you want to go? What do we got? Uh, sorry. I was just watching a a video on this weird like wrench thing that you can buy. Is it a wrench thing you want to buy? I'm thinking about it. What, what's so great about <laughs> who, this? Wrench? Who doesn't have enough wrenches? <laughs> it's one of these universal socket multifunction socket wrenches. It's got these little pins in it that adjust to different size uh uh heads, nut heads. I mean, it's it's kind of oh, so it's like some universal thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool. Anyway, sorry. What were those sorry. ones? Remember those? Uh, uh, it was like a 1980s thing where it was sort of a uh, a closed-ended wrench that had this sort of lever in it so that you would put it on a thing and the lever would kind of click in and create whatever size head you needed. Does that make sense? Does that make any? Yeah. Uh, th- I think 
Sears still sells something like that under the Craftsman name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Although Craftsman. Yeah, are they are they going know, out of business? They're not. They're not as good as they used to be. Right, Craftsman used to be stuff you could actually buy and have for the rest of your life, and have for the rest of your life. It was made well. It was it was you know bulletproof. And if you did have a problem, you walk into a Sears and you go, "Hey, here you go. This is <clears> yeah." Broken. And they'll give you a new give one. Me another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. Yeah. I, maybe they. Maybe it's still like that. I don't know. I my just my my father used a lot of Craftsman tools and then stopped using them because the quality just wasn't there anymore. Oh, interesting. Um, I, you know, uh, I I mentioned after we got off the show last week, I have this little wallet from Saddleback Leather, this company down in Texas and it, it died and they have like a lifelong lifetime guarantee kind of thing. And I sent them pictures and they were like, yeah, we'll actually cover that stitching. We'll just send you a new one, send the old one back. And they actually even gave me a UPS label for the old one. Uh, the new one should be coming today. So, you know, there are companies out there who are still like that. Um, yeah. And, uh, I love, I love good customer service. Yeah. Um, so in the past, we've talked about this light L 16 camera. That's computational right. photography. Could, and all Okay. The let me just ask you. Yeah. Could you not, what, what is our, Bill's got this link in here. Are you clip.com? What are you like surfing Russian video sites? What are you doing? You uh, couldn't find a YouTube link. Come I on. thought this was linked to me. Uh, oh, Come actually on. it is. Look at that. I didn't notice that. What are you, what are you doing? Uh, I didn't even Knucklehead. notice that. Are you clip? Great. Interestingly enough, though, uh, uh, his entire thing is also on here. Do they, what do they do? Rip it off of the other thing? I don't know. I've never heard of it. I I didn't click it though. Uh, it's 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 ex- it looks exactly like his YouTube page, which is you know sure on the surface, but you've just sent all your contact list to some you know random what's weird server though. I Chechnya must have gotten that from uh uh from uh here I'll use a here you go. Just for you, Jeffrey. I'm not clicking that. Uh, I must have gotten it actually from somewhere else because I never, I'm, I don't subscribe to, I don't go to YouTube unless I'm you were over to it. So. Surfing like Russian it must have been no, it must have been something. some photography website. Doing? I'll have to find it. anyway. Uh, our 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 uh, buddy Ted Forbes over there at the Art of Photography uh, has put out a you know 15 minute little review of the L16 light camera, uh, which gives a lot of insight into that little camera that, that, uh, I was not aware of. Um, I, a couple, uh, days, uh, a couple weeks ago, I actually, I judged this competition in one of the pictures that was actually printed at like, uh, I don't know, 13 by 19 or something, uh, was from one of these light cameras and i was actually really impressed by the quality of the print that this guy had taken so yeah you, you know what it's not going to do replace a dslr well right so the idea i i think you know in very specific instances you could say yeah that'll it's fine but it's not going to replace it for your average person who needs a digital slr so the idea or is who cameras- wants to get the photos off of the device onto the web without right plugging it into a computer that's the part i was unaware of yeah so apparently yeah. the pictures aren't pictures until you bring them into their software on a big computer and basically deconvolute them or whatever. Yeah. You know, the, and the their software is. is, it's wonky at best. He says pretty questionable. Uh, yeah. He says the workflow is pretty awful. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the part of the, the idea of this camera is that, you know, okay, you, you can zoom and because it has all these lenses, it basically chooses the best parts of each of those to create the sort of zoomed image or whatever, but the more you zoom in, the less of the lenses it uses. 
And when it jumps from one, it basically chooses the best part of each image from however many lenses it has. So if this little section of the image looks best from this camera, we're going to choose that chunk of it from here. And we're going to like sort of merge them all together like a mosaic. But it means that over the course of say, if you had a picture of a tree, it could be that there was it's higher resolution in parts of it than others and, and stuff like that. And he actually shows yeah. some examples that are pretty it's, rough. It's really wonky. I, I, I you know, it, it, and it's big it's a neat and, it's idea. and it's, yeah, I guess it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's not that big and bulky. It's smaller than your X1 Pro or Pro, uh, X Pro 1, right? Uh, it is, but my X Pro 1, you know, it's, I don't know. It just feels goofy. And then the whole like not not able to get it, get images off, like just share the Im- Okay. Right, 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 right. Good luck with that. I, I wonder and maybe if- maybe it'll happen in the future, but for now it just... I don't know. I, I watched this and I watched a few other things and nobody really had much good to say about it. Right. right other than right, right. it seemed like a, a, a solid build quality. Right. And I, I contacted these guys and they got back to me and said they don't have any right now that they can send out because they're all out. But when they get one back, <laughs> they'll get back to me. Of course they do. Uh, so I'd be interested to try it myself and see, uh, you know, uh, to see to see what uh, how it works. But I don't know. I, I I do like the idea of, oh, this one camera that is, you know, the size of a small paperback book that I, you know, has all this range and can give you all this quote unquote resolution because, you know, they say, oh, at its best, you can get, you know, 400 megapixels out of it. You know, that kind of thing. It's all these sort yeah, of but it's large OK, fine. Things. So you can take pictures anywhere, but you can't share them anywhere. And right, that's right. right that's right. where consumer photography arguably is at its best is in sharing the photos that we take. Right? right, 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 right. But I don't know that this camera is meant for your average consumer photographer, right? Well, they're but, saying it's going to replace a DSLR. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm, I'm saying, what I'm saying is that I don't think it's meant for people to take Instagram pictures of and put them up, right? You know, it's, I think they were aiming for a certain hmm. audience. I don't know if it's the right audience. I mean, could or, you imagine, could you imagine showing up to a, to a client gig with this thing and go, all right, let's do this. Right, 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 right. They'd laugh right. you out of the room. Yeah. It's interesting. I guess the que- the bigger question though is I mean obviously what Apple and Google and everyone else are doing with multiple lens cameras on their on their phone on phones and and the things they do with just single cameras on phones basically doing computational edits on images that that is very much the future of where digital photography is going is pulling as much as you can out of the sensor and then massaging that data and software you know, that's what all these people are doing. I wonder if, if, if this is saying, well, yeah, that's fine. If we're still using sort of cameras in the traditional sense or in small amounts of let's stack a couple images as best we can. But the idea of let's have this giant array of images and merge them all together is a dead end. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, if, if this is, if, if this was the type of camera, the only type of camera that was available, I, I would not take pictures. Really? No. I have no interest in this whatsoever. Interesting. You know, z- zero. Because and, and, you can't look at the camera, the pictures right away? Um, well, that's part of it. Because I don't like taking pictures at arm's distance. I don't like just holding the thing oh, out there and yeah, using yeah, yeah. using yeah. the screen. There is something wonderful about an actual viewfinder and seeing, uh, in quotes, what the camera sees. Sure. Um, but that's, I mean, that's the direction that the whole industry is going in a lot of ways. 
is getting getting rid of viewfinders and screens on the back and they want you to pinch and zoom to zoom you know what i mean it's i don't all agree that with kind that. of stuff i mean you, you don't know, think that's where the very, industry's going no with a very few <laughs> exceptions cameras have viewfinders i mean the fuji xa3 and upcoming xa5 don't have viewfinders but uh, and there are a few others, but by and large, the whole four thirds system has viewfinders. They, they're more and more EVF. I mean, they're all EVF, really. Well, yeah, there, uh, there's a lot of EVF, and I think, and there's a lot, a lot of the functionality that we used to have. I see a lot of people holding up digital SLRs and using them basically like a giant iPhone. Okay, like, fine. You know, but you don't have to. That's not the only way oh, you can yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. It. But I think that I definitely think that that's in the way the direction that all of that stuff is i don't i don't like it either but i think that that's if you see the young people the way young people use cameras the less of them are using viewfinders than older people are you know so that's Mm -hmm. ultimately where it's going um and i think they keep bringing more and more features to the screens of these things people are going to use them more and more um you know again i don't like it i use an optical viewfinder camera i'm you know i'm one of those crazy old school people um i like i mean look i love shooting with my phone but I also love having the option when the when the mood or when the when the spirit moves me or when I have a certain experience that I want to experience. Spirit moves you. Right. Of <laughs> of of looking through a viewfinder, optical or otherwise, and and having that 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 experience. That yeah. that it's 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 the muscle memory of the way you hold a camera, the way you you know, cup the lens and, sure. and it, it, they're for for me, that's as much a part of photography as the actual image, right? When, in, when, in a way, uh, uh, when you do use your viewfinder, because yours has the hybrid kind of optical or electronic, right? Yes. Which do you tend to use more? Um, most of the time, I'm using the electronic viewfinder. Um. Because lately I've been using a lot of manual focus lenses. Okay. And, so yeah, you kind of you know, obviously to. I can't I can't focus if I'm just using the optical viewfinder. Um, but when I was using my my um, my autofocus lens, I like using the optical viewfinder. It's a challenge because there there is still because of the parallax, there right. is still a little bit of oh okay that tweaked my composition a little bit. So you can either correct for it and and try and get as close as you can or you can kind of just let it go and and have that sort of element of surprise to a certain degree and i i found that i really liked that do you, you know? do you, the expro one doesn't do the uh the compensation of the parallax it it does but then you've got to you've got to recompose slightly because it it will move it will move the 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 frame the focus frame sort of down and to the right a little bit so what's what there there are two sets of bright lines okay um, yeah yeah and and so you, you there is a little bit of of sort of retweaking almost like a like a center point focus and recompose m- method not not to a, a great degree but it does throw off your composition a little bit or it focuses god forbid on something other than what you wanted it to focus the, on the, the whole down to the right it's like back and to the left yeah yeah back yeah, yeah, and yeah to the yeah. left um <laughs> but yeah I, I you know this this just seems it seems like again it, it, one of these products that like that Lytro thing where, right. yeah, okay, you released a product, but yeah, is it's it, taking is photography it in a direction that's not necessary or something. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, w- I will say though that I'm a little bit surprised how much he, how critical he was in the, uh, uh, in the review. 
Like I expected him to be more like, eh, this is this like weird thing. And he was just kind of like, nah, no. Uh, which, well, maybe, maybe part of that is influenced by the fact that he's using, uh, one of the new Hasselblads as his, as his daily driver for the moment. Right, 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 you right, know? right. So maybe that, that influences, you know, and affects, uh, what would have otherwise been a more tempered yeah, you know, opinion. Could be, could be, uh, also, uh, an article in the, you know, uh, Apple has moved to this new, what do they call it? Heath format? Is that what they call it? Oh, their, the, their compressor? Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's like an uh, MP4 based um, uh, image compression that, that Apple is now using on the new in, in iOS 11, uh, which is supposed to, you know, save 30% and look better over JPEGs. And uh, Apparently, something called the Alliance for Open Media, which is Google and Mozilla, and I think Apple actually is had just joined on too, uh, has come up with a new format that's based upon their compression technology, which is even smaller and supposedly looks even better. Um, so you have this question of, you know, JPEGs have been around a long time. Who would have thought that we'd still be using JPEGs? 20 years later, you know, that there hasn't, there have been better formats, just people haven't used them. The JPEG 2000 or even using pings for, for images, which are obviously much bigger than JPEGs, um, which makes sense. Uh, but it's, it's kind of interesting that we're finally going to get some, uh, better formats for compression when you don't want to just have a big uncompressed TIFF. I guess the question becomes whether, and you know what these things do? I mean, JPEG at higher qualities looks great. Yeah. What these it, what these formats supposedly do is do much better at even smaller file sizes. I hope that they don't, comp- you know, if if they do all this crazy compression, but in the process it ends up kind of softening things a little bit in order to get it to look good at smaller. I hope the the trend doesn't go towards sacrificing image like an original image quality in order to get the files smaller and still look good small. Right. You know right. Right. Yeah. Um, don't don't let it become the MP3 of of visual imaging. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, it's but I mean, the- look at this. Okay, if you look at some of these things. Yep. I mean, Bill, would you ever send out a JPEG? That's that. I mean, that looks like it's negative five on the on right. the compression that, slide. Exactly. That's that's a one or two as a JPEG. Now, I wouldn't, but you know, for use on the web and stuff, people do crunch their stuff a lot more. You know, I guess this is showing what you can do in. 20k versus 20k on a jpeg or something right. you know where the jpeg i mean a lot of it's going to depend on on the rate of adoption right and, so and so th- i guess that's my question it. is if google and mozilla and, and and all the rest of them do it but apple sticks with their heath compression now are we in a blu-ray you know dvd hd or whatever another one of those could things? be yeah could be i mean it's it's yeah, I I can't imagine. I mean, if if Apple has joined this consortium, that would at least indicate an interest in what they're doing. Yeah, I'm trying to find um, out if they have. I thought yeah, they it's have. in the uh, it does? Google, Microsoft, oh, Mozilla, con- yeah, and okay. the most recent new member, Apple. Right. Uh, so though Apple's plans haven't been made public, it'll be interesting to see if Apple goes from whatever the heap thing is to this, which I guess they're they're similar sort of related compression technologies. Um, right. So it's not like. But it's does that a kill Apple's thing. stranglehold on like QuickTime and MP4 and that kind of thing? Right. 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 And and 
And I'm sure this new format can do all the, one of the things they talked about in this heap is like, oh, well, we want to do multiple full res images in a burst in a single image, or we want to do have depth map image uh, data as another channel, you know, in there. And I'm sure mm-hmm. this new AV one format does the same kind of stuff. Cause that's where all that stuff is going, right. Is having more data and metadata inside the files themselves. Uh, it'll be interesting how this ends up I, again. This doesn't change the world today. Um, but over the next few years, you know, if your if your phone starts shooting this other format and isn't shooting JPEG and slowly and but surely five years from now, it's like, oh, right. Remember JPEGs? Um, Remember motion JPEG? Mm, motion JPEG. That was th- a short lived. Like they went. Mm, I do believe no. that the original uh, Nikon D90 digital SLR, because I think that wasn't it was the D90, the one that had video like a week before the 5D did but it was motion JPEG and it looked kind of terrible. So no one used it. I don't it. remember. Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Motion JPEG. That was, Oof. that wasn't the best. That was rough. Yeah. There's, you know, there's <laughs> another thing though, uh, that, that, um, ProRes has in the video world, ProRes is like sort of the lingua franca, even though it's not extremely well supported on, on PCs hmm. in a lot of ways. So, hmm. It's uh, it's uh, interesting to see if this will become the new thing. I still feel like Jeffrey that the fact that all these camera companies still design all their internal software on some proprietary platform and have their like, can can you guys all just you know run all your cameras on Android or some slim down version oh, of not, some not Android? Well, you know He's what I mean. Not Android. Some yeah. some slim down version of some thing that so there's commonality and then you could have apps on your camera that'll allow you to add features and you know what I mean? Like that seems like it's the future too. And no one's really done that as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of sad. Um, and, uh, Oh, so next week we wanted to do a Q and a, uh, that, uh, uh, Jeffrey has decided we should do at the end of each month, which I think is a good idea. So, uh, if you got questions, send them in, uh, I'm excited. I just thought it'd be a good idea. Well, you, you've, the you've mentioned it a few every, times. Same thing for five and a half years. Mix it up a little. All Jesus. right. Uh, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. You can send us uh, those questions, 347-687-9411 to leave us a voicemail. What were you going to say? Nothing. Okay. I was going to go to the group. Okay, let's go to the group. Uh, so last week, what was last week? I don't even remember. It was so long ago. I don't even remember. Oh, wait. It was, is Google it was Plus like down? Two weeks ago. Oh, bad oh, retouching was... Google. Another reason to love Google Plus. It's not loading. <clears throat> oh, it's loading for me. Hmm. I'm getting a 500 error. Oh, interesting. Yeah, works for me. Uh, I'm, uh, and I'm I'm looking at the bad retouching, which is uh kind of funny. <laughs> oh wait, there it is. There it is. Okay. Um. I like the fact okay. that. Uh, oh, Jeremy Bryant's picture where it's just like the woman's head over and over again. <laughs> Funny uh, enough, right. that actually looks like a number of things that people put out. Justice. Uh, uh, awesome. Love that. Um, Joshua Peterson, a little grainy. I like uh, that Frank's trying to make his picture, uh, Petzval image, look like it's on a Kindle Paperwhite image, which actually is kind of funny. I oh, guess right. you, could, yeah. you could move a PDF with images over to your Kindle Paperwhite and then shoot the screen. If you really wanted to go yeah, like... Yeah. Uh, oh, Matthew Stodden. Bad selective color and and oh, heinous motion blur. Oh, that's the worst. That's rough. Did anyone ever that's, think that was a good idea? I don't know. Uh, 
some wedding photographers. Okay, Mike Gates picture of the beard. Mike on Gates the head. wins. Yeah, uh, that's and, amazing. And Mike, the the actual shot of of the portrait, terrific portrait, really yeah. really terrific portrait. Uh, but yeah, the 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 yeah, it's it's Mike Gates slash Don King. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> that's great. Don Remember King. Don King's crazy hair. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I like, uh, uh, Garen's picture of, I, I'm assuming maybe his wife or somebody across the thing. Oh, uh, bad. Oh, okay. with, the, with the, yeah. With the glow. Yeah. Oh, uh, Oh, Kenneth Wilson's pictures. Oh God. That's awful. Vicki Brown. Kenneth. Oh, Kenneth. Oh yeah. Oof. HDR gone bad. Look oh that. God. That's so awful. Uh, uh, Eric. Oh, what's wait, what happened? Some bad retouching in the New York City. Oh wow! So this is somebody did this to this poster. Nice. Yeah, people do that to those posters. Not that I don't that specific thing to those posters, but people do like cut out the eyes and do all kinds of weird stuff on the posters or move mouths from one person to another. I don't know who yeah. these people are and how they carry. Do they carry razors around with them and little dobs of ink? Yeah, yeah. and if if so, what are you doing carrying razor blades around? Come yeah, on. yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. A friend of mine uh, got got like a got a serious ticket for having like a little knife in his pocket uh, on the subway. Apparently, like, oh really? You know, yeah, yeah. Like a pocket knife type thing? Yeah, like just like a yeah. folding yep. pocket knife. Yep, yep. You, you remember that? Well, we don't remember because we it was before our times. But like our fathers and grandfathers, man, if if you didn't have a pocket knife on you, there was something wrong. Yeah, you might have to get sh- everybody. You carried- might have to shiv somebody eventually. <laughs> But everybody carried pocket knives. Yeah, you know, I and I used to carry um like one of those little um the little Swiss army you know the little inch and a half, 2 inch Swiss army knife yeah, yeah, where sure. it was just a knife and a nail file on the other side or whatever, you know, the little tiny keychain one. Um right. I used to keep on my keychain, but now that you can't travel with that, you know, you can't get on airplanes and stuff. I was like, hey, I'll just take it off, you know. Yeah, I mean, what somebody's going to take down a plane with a nail file? Come on. Exactly. Right. Because I mean, on. the, the only thing it's useful for is opening boxes and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, ooh, Dennis Iskayam's uh, picture of, oh, where the hell that is, uh, is, uh, is pretty nice too. Yeah, some good stuff. Yeah, very, very cool. Uh, uh, you, you had a good idea for uh, today's uh, assignment. What do you got? All right, today, uh, yeah, this week, n- nine to five. Show us a work day. Could be your work day. Could be somebody else's work day. Could be a day off, nine to five. Working nine to five. Right. Well, and it was just Dolly Parton's birthday, so there's that. Is that where it came from? Uh, partially. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, you got, uh, you, okay, you have two in here. For I went in to go put some, someone in, and you already had two. I got two in there. I couldn't decide. So being okay. that it's. You know, I, I, I 300. Think, okay. Let's say, I say the first one is our photographer of the week. The second one is a, is a, is an extra, a bonus photographer to look at. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so, uh, uh, uh FC Gundlach, uh, Franz Christian Gundlach is, uh, is our one, our first photographer of the week. And, and, uh, uh he, he was a, a fashion photographer, a German fashion photographer, um, that was, uh, uh, I don't want to say the Avedon of Germany, but but very highly regarded in uh, in 
fashion photography during the 40s and 50s. Is that I, fair? I would say that, that Avedon is the Gunlock of America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go the other um, Beautiful, beautiful yeah. work. Yep. Agreed. Really beautiful work. I, I don't even know how this came up. I think, oh, you know what? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know who did it. Somebody posted this, but there, you know, you can see uh, influences on Penn, on yep. Kappa, on Avedon, on, you know, Bernice Abbott, on any number of people who, you know, these guys and girls at this time were really kind of pushing the boundaries. And, and you know, we look at some of this stuff and go, oh, yeah, of course. But at the time, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but this stuff was really new. I, I, I mean, I think that it was, I think the use of like all these wide angle lenses and all this kind of stuff was very cool. I also think that a lot of people went to, I, especially like the Pinterest link, Jeffrey, you put up, I just, you know, yeah. there's a lot of stuff in there that's even better than the stuff in the other articles um, that, 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 that they took, they distilled stuff from the twenties and thirties, you know, took it up to the sixties with modern clothing. And I think right. in some ways, a lot of quote unquote, modern fashion photography has, declined a little bit from this kind of stuff. Like, sure. I feel like th- th- we lost some of this element of, of, of fashion. I feel like fashion photography, there, there was like a, uh, uh, and I guess this is the difference between fashion nowadays and before is that there was this elegance that came along with fashion back in the day that mm-hmm. I think modern fashion photography doesn't quite have that same thing. It's going for something different. Like it has, it has a different goal maybe. Um, but it's, it's the thing that I liked about fashion was this, this, the feel of stuff like in the fifties and sixties. And, uh, yeah, some of these are really cool down the bottom of that Pinterest one. Do you see the shot of the woman, um, with the hustle blot on the tripod? Right, 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 right. With, with like the very long lens. That's like a 200 millimeter lens or something. Yeah. You'd be, you'd be, you know, a hundred feet back from the subject you were shooting and that kind of thing. Yeah. Very uh, pen. That shot is very pen. Yes, yes, yes. Especially um, with the silhouettes of the lights in the foreground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the foreground uh, the, 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 down below that, the two women in the bathing caps in front of the pyramid at Giza. Yeah, because why not? I mean, just, <laughs> yeah, well, right. Why not? Um, so really interesting composition and, and very graphic in, in some of their, their presentation, not just because of the clothing, but, but the line and the form is, is, is very graphic in nature. And, Look at and the one... Just, Look at the one right near there, the the red, the woman in the red hat where her skin goes all red, like they just put a red oh, yeah. filter across the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it is. It is. So really interesting stuff. Um, here, let's see. Uh, there's a link called Andy Meets Warhol, which is another uh, <coughs> set of images. Uh, l- legendary... Uh, F.C. Gundlach shot <laughs> Athens, Greece, 1966. Uh, photographer, gallery owner, collector, curator, and founder. Since September 2003, is the founding director of the House of Photography in the oh man, Diktoralen in Hamburg. Nice. Uh, probably butchered that, but C for effort. Uh, in 1953, he began his specialization in fashion photography, journalism style, with his work for the Hamburg magazine Film und Frau. He mainly photographed the fashion of Berlin, fashion designers, as well as Parisian haute couture. A further focus of his work was on the fashion reportages with film stars and the fashion and artist portraits, among whom were Romy Schneider, Hildegard Kneff, uh, Dieter Borsch, and Jean-Luc Godard. And he's still alive. 
Yeah. 91 so wonderful, years old. Wonderful stuff. Yeah. So if anybody's in Germany, go find this guy and say hi. <laughs> yeah. Tell him, tell him we used him as the photographer of the week on 300. Bum, 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 bum. Right. Oh, there's a really good, hey, if you look, uh, if you look him up, actually here, I'll, I'll show you, uh, I'll just send you a thing here in the, in the Skype, I'm going to send you a, a link to what I'm assuming is a self-portrait. Yeah, it is a selfie. Look how cool he was with his like rolly in his little suit and his, 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 his coat. Uh, I sent you a link. Oh and, yeah. Look at that. Look how cool he is. I'm going to put all the link in the show notes. I know. Wow. Uh, when he was young and fashionable. Look at that, that suit, like a wool suit probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. Stuff. So Franz Christian Gerd, uh, Gundlach. I hope I'm not butchering his last name. Look at this. One of the, the girl in, with the parachute in the background, like dressed in this sort of paratrooping astronaut gear. Well, just and for the record, like, Jeffrey, parachutes in the background always work. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I need to find a parachute. <laughs> if anybody has a stripy parachute lying around, podcast it on takingmasters.com. <laughs> Be careful. You may get what you wish for. Uh, the, yeah, people are all over the place with uh, parachutes. The, uh, yeah. Stuff you should know this week talked about, uh, uh, they were talking about uh, hang gliding in the 70s. And they're like, you ever notice hang gliders in the 70s had a very particular look to them? You know, like. Yeah, it's like yeah, yes, they did. They just they all uh, had that you know stripey look. Steinmetz has been George Steinmetz. Speaking of hang glider, paraglider, but he's been posting some terrific stuff lately. Oh, I have to look it up. Um, beautiful aerial work. God, this stuff is so gorgeous. Ugh. Hmm. 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 Anyway, so there's the first one. You want to take the second one? Uh, sure. Uh, is uh Bert Hardy who uh who so who oh, uh periscope. Would yeah, you, is Periscope, it, somebody I follow on the Twitters, okay. um, posted a, a photo and just started looking through it. And yeah. it's, it's really interesting sort of uh, uh, mid-century reportage. Yep. And uh, uh, London in the late 40s, early 50s, when, you know, rebuilding and all the rest of it where London was had, had an air of post-war boom to it. Uh, definitely the kind of pictures that make you feel like you are actually there as a time capsule. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like the, the little kids crossing the street with the teacher and stuff in 56 and, and, uh, 1940 shot. Oh God. Of like a little girl. And I'm assuming your father or something in a bombed out building. I'm, you know, during the blitz. Right. Uh, so uh, crazy stuff. I like the picture of sugar Ray Robinson. Uh, the, he was a boxer, right? I got that yep. right. Um, you know, with these sort of like, uh, toothy blue collar workers, you know, looking like, Hey, who's this American boxer guy, you know? Right. Uh, right. And he's just window. got this, this total dapper, like Leon Bridges looking yeah, he's like, know, attire. On. Yeah. He's like, well, I up? think Leon Bridges has incredible style for the record. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway. it, uh, yeah. And then, uh, the, the shot of the teenagers walking up the street, but there's like the factory stuff in the background, all in a haze. Yeah. Cause it's all smoky yeah. over there. I mean, really, really beautiful work that, you know, we pull out a lot of photographers from mid 20th century, early 20th century from the, you know, fifties, forties, fifties, sixties. I think you and I have a little bit of a penchant for, for that era, uh, sure. visually at least. Um, and this is another person who's, who's definitely got it. Uh, was shooting for, uh, uh, newspapers at the time, uh, picture post photographer from this, from the thing. And he was sent to 
to Korea. He was he was sent to go shoot uh, Elizabeth's wedding in 1947. So the guy, you know, saw all kinds of amazing stuff uh, over those years, which, you know, I guess is true of anybody. If you look back, all the different crazy things you've seen and people you've met and whatever it is. And I, I, I always like that kind of thing. And I'm looking at there's a second um, a second link, uh, the photographer's gallery where God, look at those kids dancing. Right. Is, is that you? <laughs> I just got my glasses. <laughs> and uh, my shoes were a little uncomfortable, as you can see. I was like, oh, lifting up my foot there. Like, oh, Doesn't it so seem like shoes used to be really uncomfortable? Oh, they were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, you from from <laughs> personal knowledge? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you go in like a DSW, look at, look at athletic shoe. Look at the state of the art in athletic shoe technology. It's amazing. Wait, you're saying that it's good? Yes, it's amazing. Oh, okay. You've got like injection molding and 3D printing and these fabrics yeah. that you just couldn't even imagine, you know, 20 Does years ago. Does it actually ago. make the shoes better though or is it just a bunch of, you know? I don't know. I mean, I, I use um, New Balance running shoes and they are they are light as a feather and they are absolutely comfortable and, and cushiony. I, I right. don't know what, you know. Do you, use the, do, it, do you use like the same ones you've used for years? One of those ones they keep making? I used to. Um, but I changed uh, a couple years ago and, and tried a different model. That's a, it's a lighter weight shoe. It's more of a mesh running shoe. It's not quite so constructed. Okay. Um, it's a little more like running barefoot, but it still gives you arch support and heel support. Sure. Um, and I, I like them quite a bit. I don't, I don't remember the model number and they're in the other room, but they're, I, I like New Balance shoes. I like, I like the way New Balance shoes fit my feet more than pretty much any other manufacturer, right. especially you, in the running shoes. You got to find the the manufacturer who fits your feet versus the other way around in many ways. I think yeah. when it comes to running shoes, like yeah. I use, a, I'm an Asics wide guy, you know, I use like a 4E pair of Asics that I like and I've bought, they don't make them anymore, but you can get the older version of the same shoe, you know, that kind of thing. And, right. and I just keep buying them. In fact, I need to go buy another pair because you wear them out. Um, People wear running shoes, I think, for a little too long sometimes. So they they just feel like sponges on your feet after a while if you're not careful, right. especially if you're running with them. Um, so what anyway. was the big shoe when you were when you were a kid, like high school? Let's say, what was the big shoe? What was the one that everybody had to have or wanted to have? Well, I uh, I mean, obviously, it was still Converse and Vans and those kinds of things. Okay. Right? Those were always going to okay. be classic. But I think you know, in middle school, maybe it was those Reebok Pump ones. Ah, okay. I never, I, I never wore them because I can't stand things on my ankles. I don't like boots or high tops at all. Um, right. I feel it feels really constraining to me. It drives me crazy. Um, so I, I never had them. But I think that was a big thing for a while, right? It was like, ooh, you can pump them up and pump them down. Or was it Reebok pump or Nike? Not Reebok did the pumps, right? Uh, I think maybe. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. Um, uh, pump. Yeah, what a weird. I always dug idea. the the Nike the, the ones that were really big were the Nike the court shoes. I don't even know what they're called, but the basically the ones that Michael J. Fox wore in, in Back to the Future with the white leather with the red swoosh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Those yeah, yeah, were the yeah, ones, yeah, yeah. man. My, Those, or or just white Adidas. My uh, area of um, like me in Connecticut, like it was not a big athletic shoe kind of place. You know, maybe mm. it was more so in California. Um, we were behind the times. We weren't nearly as cool as you guys, I think. Or K-Swiss. Uh, Did you re- was that a thing? K-Swiss, were, tennis, tennis shoes, right? The There's white, a, no, the white leather K-Swiss. Yeah, yeah, those yeah, were but, big. Yeah, but that was a tennis company, I think, for a long time. K-Swiss originally. 
Um, yeah, it's uh, I, I and me. I don't know. I just I had I had uh, orange and green and some other color vans, lace up little low top vans that I used to wear. I can't mm-hmm. wear any of that stuff anymore. I need so much more support, you know, in in my. Arch. Oh really? Oh god, yeah, yeah. Like I have I have custom insoles in my running shoes that I don't even run in. I just I row in them, but I need the custom insoles, you know. Um, and I have hard insoles in my keen sort of low top hiking shoes that I wear most of the time because they're comfortable. So yeah, it's bad for you. I'm going to paste a, I'm going to paste a, a link into Skype this with a red swoosh though, but these were the ones. Okay. Let me see. Boom. Oh yeah. The Nike court Royale court Royale. Yeah. And they still, they still have them. They're a little bit different, but yeah, that's the general, the general uh, gist of them. Uh, yeah, I think it wasn't there. There was a Adidas made a similar kind of pair, right? Those, you know, the classic Adidas with the, with the front, uh, like that, um, with the cap, was it a cap? Yeah, 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 yeah. Those were big. Um, but again, yeah, I was never a big shoe guy. So I, I, I'm right over my head. I used to wear, you know, high school, it was all Doc Martens and that kind of stuff. Um, which I still wear today. Got to buy a new pair though. The leather's kind of dying. Anyway, if you have questions for next week. For this right. week in sh- in 1980s shoe wear, um, <laughs> uh, you can write us a podcast at ontakingpictures.com. That goes to Jeffrey and I. And uh, 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 at Jeffrey Sidoris, at Bill Wadman, oh, at Wadman365, uh, photographybytheletter.com. You got anything else? Uh, no, now I'm looking at Nike high tops. Ugh. This is this is how you're going to round out the big 300 show, Jeffrey? By buying a set of vintage 1980s high tops? Hell yeah. You bet your ass I am. Are you really going no. to? No, they don't have them in my side. No. Oh. Eh, you can't ever. Uh, yeah, hey, uh, th- th- thank you for listening. Um, those of you who have listened from the beginning, uh, God help you, but thank you. Um, we, we got an email, uh, in the past week of people who, you know, have gone back to episode one. <laughs> I think we yeah. got one this morning. Um, you have a lot of stuff to listen to. If you really want to listen to it, if we stopped yeah. today, you'd still have 700 hours of, of us talking or whatever the hell it is at this point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. I mean, it, it really it, is. It's, it, it's, yeah, it's really nuts. Um, but it means a lot. It, it really does. And, and, you know. I remember when you. You, when you were working, when you were finishing up your book and you were talking about, oh, a copy's going to be in the Library of Congress, so now I can, you know, live forever kind of thing, right? Like we were talking right. about that idea. I mean, yeah. in many ways, this podcast exists in that way too. You know, this will be up on some server somewhere for probably the rest of, you know what I mean? Uh, somewhere yeah, yeah i mean somebody's gonna have it maybe i don't know and and so there's there it's you know that's also uh unless a there's a big of, emp blast and boom. you know everything it's true but if that's the case a, I, I think the yeah. last thing we'd be missing is not taking picture show <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i think some people would be pretty bitter i think those cockroaches are going to be really bored evolving back into i know the world's higher... come to an end but i know the world's come to an end but who's the photographer of the week yeah. jesus <laughs> That's why we gave you two today. So if it ends this right. week, you got one in, in the, one in the hopper. That's right. Yes, there, there's a, if there's an EMP blast over DC, then you know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> right. We will talk to you later, Jeffrey. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Go out, make some pictures. Be good to each other. Going on and on the way we are.
this way Say what you wanna say Though I know your words will lay me out So I can hear you think out loud Going through your thoughts the way This way Say what you wanna say I know what you will say